Hello friends, Sean here. Thank you for tapping on play and welcoming me into your day. This is a chapter a day Bible reading. And that is what we do each day in this glorious time of year. Oh my goodness, I don't know what the weather is like for you right now, but oh, down here in southern Tassie, summer is glorious, not too hot. Oh boy, people in Sydney were talking about, you know, close to 40 degrees and humid, but here summer means mid-twenties, sunny days, the grass is growing, there always seems to be a game of cricket to watch or play in the backyard. Oh, long days and evenings, it is just the best. So I am enjoying a glorious summer and I hope that you are going well, enjoying whatever this glorious planet of ours is delivering to you weather-wise. But here we are and we are going to continue through the story in Samuel of the new King Saul and unfortunately it all starts to go a little bit wrong but um, that is the way it's going to be and this this is a time in the Bible when you and I in Sunday school if we used to go to Sunday school would learn about the Philistines they were like the quintessential bad guys facing off against God's people all the time and this is the part of the Bible where we really do hear stories of Philistia and the Philistines and this is where that that people starts to really kind of solidify their their place in Sunday school folklore and then we're going to get to David and Goliath which is kind of the linchpin of all of the the Philistine stories but we're not quite there yet nope we are just beginning to see those problems So join me as we read this wonderful story, hearing about God's King, how he leads his people through this time. As we read together, 1 Samuel chapter 13. Saul was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned for 42 years. Saul selected 3,000 special troops from the army of Israel and sent the rest of the men home. He took 2,000 of the chosen men with him to Michmash and the hill country of Bethel. The other 1,000 went with Saul's son, Jonathan, to Gibeah in the land of Benjamin. Soon after this, Jonathan attacked and defeated the garrison of Philistines at Geba. The news spread quickly among the Philistines. So Saul blew the ram's horn throughout the land, saying, Hebrews, hear this, rise up in revolt. All Israel heard the news that Saul had destroyed the Philistine garrison at Geba, and that the Philistines now hated the Israelites more than ever. So the entire Israelite army was summoned to join Saul at Gilgal. The Philistines mustered a mighty army of 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and as many warriors as the grains of sand on the seashore. They camped at Michmash, east of Beth-Avon. The men of Israel saw what a tight spot they were in, and because they were hard-pressed by the enemy, they tried to hide in caves, thickets, rocks, holes, and cisterns. Some of them crossed the Jordan River and escaped to the land of Gad and Gilead. Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal, and his men were trembling with fear. 
Saul waited there seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had instructed him earlier, but Samuel still didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away. So he demanded, Bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. Just as Saul was finishing the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. Saul went out to meet and welcome him, but Samuel said, What is this you have done? Saul replied, I saw my men scattering from me, and you didn't arrive when you said you would, and the Philistines are at Michmash ready for battle. So I said, The Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal, and I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. How foolish, Samuel exclaimed. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingship over Israel forever. But now your kingdom must end, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people, because you have not kept the Lord's command. Samuel then left Gilgal and went on his way, but the rest of the troops went with Saul to meet the army. They went up from Gilgal to Gibeah in the land of Benjamin. When Saul counted the men who were still with him, he found only six hundred were left. Saul and Jonathan and the troops with them were staying at Geber in the land of Benjamin. The Philistines set up their camp at Michmash. Three raiding parties soon left the camp of the Philistines. One went north toward Ophrah in the land of Shul. The other went west to Beth Horon. And the third moved toward the border above the valley of Zeboam near the wilderness. There were no blacksmiths in the land of Israel in those days. The Philistines wouldn't allow them for fear they would make swords and spears for the Hebrews. So whenever the Israelites needed to sharpen their plowshares, picks, axes or sickles, they had to take them to a Philistine blacksmith. The charges were as follows. A quarter of an ounce of silver for sharpening a plowshare or a pick and an eighth of an ounce for sharpening an axe or making the point of an ox goad. So on the day of the battle, None of the people of Israel had a sword or spear, except for Saul and Jonathan. The pass at Michmash had meanwhile been secured by a contingent of the Philistine army. Ah, oh Lord, as we read this story, we can relate not relate to what it feels like to be an enormous <laughs> enormous king of a nation but but that when we think we're doing the right thing we know what you've asked us to do we feel we feel your prompting but we think that we know better and surely our idea is right isn't it and we act and then we find out that no it wasn't right that that our conscience was prompting us that that your word had told us a different way that we didn't think was right. Lord, continually humble us so that we would always place you first, even when our logical human minds are telling us that we're right. You are a magnificent God with ways beyond our understanding. Help us always defer to you.
For you are our wise and all-knowing God and also a forgiving and loving God for the times when we get it all wrong. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your love and thank you that you draw us into your family as your beloved children. And we pray all this through Jesus, in whose name all of this is possible. Amen.